Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can get on board with that. Yeah. I think that's going to be the first thing that was recorded. Was just using his name. <laughs> <laughs> that's based. Samuel Cantor. Um, Wolf. Um, anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyways. So tonight we're talking about what? Uh, we're going to cover logical nihilism. Yeah. I didn't read the paper because I was like, I had a final to like, my last final was Thursday. That's all right. I can explain it. Yeah, you got that, bro. And then we're going to cover Gramsci. Okay. Okay. I did not read that paper, so. Yeah, no, we're in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. I'll Which try. one do you want to do first? You you go, you go do logical nihilism. You want Really? Yeah. I think that might run for the, the whole episode. What should we do? Let's do yours first. Okay, okay, okay. But it's it's really up to you. Yeah, we can do mine. I don't okay. really care. Okay. All right, DJ Geist, the in-resident. Um, dude, I'm so far away from the mic. Let me see this. Yeah, you got it. Okay. So we're, uh, we're covering Antonio Gramsci. Just yeah. a little background information. Yeah, a short introduction of Antonio Gramsci. <laughs> was Gramsci a... was a Marxist philosopher okay, from Sardinia, okay. <laughs> Italy. Sardinia. He lived from 1891 to 1937. He attended the university. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Stop. Yeah, um, he was a yeah he was a Marxist philosopher during the thirties war period during World War Two. So, um, what? He was a philosopher. Well, he was alive during the war period. Like his prime was in the the war. He died in nineteen thirty seven. Yeah, in prison. Yeah, but in nineteen the he like, was alive. Whoa, shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the war was from nineteen forty to nineteen forty five. Well, Mussolini was already in power. That's what I'm... Okay, okay. That's what I was suggesting. Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. We wasn't at... <sighs> the U.S. The yeah, US. yeah, the yeah, U.S. Yeah, yeah, Because, what, we entered the war in what, like... I don't remember. I don't know, bro. 1940? Yeah. Something like that. He got imprisoned by Mussolini for being based. <laughs> okay, and let's discuss why he was based. Oh, yeah. So he has this theory of the subaltern social groups. And a quick introduction to that, that's just this, this notion of... Um, there's group, uh, I guess gl- classes or groups of people that they're op- oppression. What? Chris, did she spit her ice cream out? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh, okay, okay. Go on. Okay. There's like, there's like, uh, like classes or groups of people who's, um, not, uh, like, uh, oppression and not, uh, or not explained by, dude, I'm you gotta, you gotta, do you want to, do you want to like take a deep breath and restart? Okay. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, the, their um, their exploitation is not completely explained by class. Right. So and this is the traditional Marxist. Critique. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's a, he's just applying this notion of like there's this group that are at the margin that they're at the margins of history. They have other reasons for being oppressed than by class. Other, right. Other than class, he's what not saying you, they're not they're not oppressed by class reasons. They could be, but that's yeah, not their yeah, main yeah. Point. But there's but there's other reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And and this these other reasons are. The subaltern, like subaltern. these are the subaltern groups. Yeah, and yeah. So I guess, like, I mean, where should I jump into? Should I explain the the, the traditional? Oh, I was not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Dude, we're I'm, we're down bad this week. I'm fine. I'm. That's kind of base. I don't really care. I, I mean, know. I know. Y'all are like on your way home from work and you're like, wow, actually next station. No, yeah. But please stick with us. Yeah. Um, Dude, what do we do? <sighs> mm. Well. <laughs> do you want to like first I don't like introduce the, Marx, like the traditional Marxist theory and then how Gramsci adds? If, you, if you're going to talk, you got to have a mic. Okay. So, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I was just, I just, yeah. So, so Marx has this theory of class exploitation, and it happens, right? So the proletariat, the people that um, sell their labor power um, to the bourgeois, the bourgeoisie, to work. They sell their, they sell their labor power um, for wages. Right. And they're not saying they're a laborer because they never get full value of their labor. Burr. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go on. Uh, and um, the, the so, so, like I said, so they don't get the full value, like, they're not selling their labor because they're not actually selling their labor because they don't get the full value. The the, the bourgeois takes the surplus. And uh, hold on, you got you got to. Did I gotta restart that from the no, top? No, you don't have to restart it. It made sense to me, but for someone who just finished okay. an eight-hour shift and they're driving home from work. All right, so there's this notion of class exploitation. Right. Marx says the proletariat, the people that 
um, uh, that don't own the means of production, sell their labor power, not their labor, because you don't you don't get the full value of your work. You don't get the full value of your work. So how do they not get the full value of their work? Um, I because mean, the because they produce something. And they don't get it all back. They don't get it all back. So the, the boot, the boot, yeah. The people that okay. own the means of production take the the surplus, right? Right, and, right, right. And and this is not act. And and it should be noted that this form of like labor is not voluntary. You have to do it. Like you can opt out of not doing it, but you'll just be homeless or something right. like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so like a, it's a compelled it's a compelled labor aspect. Yeah. And. So for this aspect, so, so Gramsci will say, yes, this is true, but there's notions of exploitation um, in social domination that are not explained by this class exploitation. Right, because Marx takes it that this this bourgeois pol- proletariat distinction is – oh, shoot. Oh, no, we're good. Okay, okay. Uh, is the, uh, the only explanatory factor. Mm-hmm. Well, not, yeah. No, I want to say – I don't know if that's – I, I haven't read Marx. I should clarify that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he would say that. He's just um, he's he's operating in the system that, like, for oppression, this uh, the main the, the main the main force of like oppression is under this like right. Um, yeah. So yeah. That's was, that's what that's. I, I think that's what I was trying to say. I just yeah. don't know if I put it the best way. He, and, and it's not like he's discrediting these other forms. He just takes one takes priority. I guess. Right. Okay. Yeah. But he but Gronchi will say, Well no, listen, like that's true, but there's these groups of people, right? Because, like it, this is different from intersectionality, right? Because sometimes intersectionality focuses on like individuals too much. Right. Not all the time, but like and there, but sometimes it does. And Gramsci wants to say there's groups of people that are on the margin of history that class exploitation doesn't explain. So indigenous people in the US, right. um, LGBTQ plus people. We should explain what it means to be on the margins of history. I think it's a good quote and I just think it's like worth like it's a hard quote. Yeah, it's a good it's a good quote. Like yeah. I just think it's worth like Yeah, it's just, just emphasizing. On the margin I mean just I mean you're you're kinda you're ignored, you're just not Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I just think, like, I just really wanted to, like, emphasize it because I think it's good. It's, it's a hard quote. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. And this, well, I don't want to get too off track mm-hmm. with the, like, but I think there's some relation to what we were talking about earlier with Hegel mm-hmm. and, like, what it, the, the, like, the, like, how history progresses. Mm-hmm. Anyways. That doesn't, uh, ma- that's like, doesn't matter to this conversation. But no, yeah, I yeah, know, yeah. but, like, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, you I get, get the relation. Go yeah. on. So we got to take this in account. And you might ask, well, what exactly is the subaltern? What is this subaltern you speak of? You know, you might ask that. I, you know, actually, you know, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's up? What is this subaltern? <laughs> Look at this. This is a hard <laughs> quote right here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I mean, this will answer your question now. Uh, the, the subaltern, the subalternity is materialized in connection with social groups that are subordinated and their historical activities are repressed or ignored or at the margins of history. Mm. So that's a subaltern group. Right. So it's ca- it's, it's taking this a fuller it's it, it's explaining more Yeah, it's incorporating a bigger breadth. Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah, it's incorporating more breadth into the concept of oppression. Yeah. And he would say like a subaltern group could be like a a religious group, a, a race of pe- like yeah, race, yeah, yeah. religion, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think Sahotra gave the example since he's like from like India. He said one time he was like, so like, in colonial Indias, he would say like, uh, like the, so like the 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 white British guy would be like the, the at the Oppressor. top. Yeah, yeah. And then like, but the the male the the the, boot I guess petty bourgeois or bourgeois, yeah I guess bourgeois bourgeois petty bourgeois like uh, Indian man would be he would be oppressed, but then the woman in this situation is under that and like is more pre- like right so like i don't know if I how to talk about this like so oh wait no okay i got this right here so he he would say like all right there's like a white like white women live in india at this time right like early early date like when colonization right there you go hillary clinton yeah <laughs> he would say where are the white women at so there is this form of oppression <laughs> right that they're facing right but then okay. uh women in india are facing a more they're like they're the subaltern group that that faces a different type of oppression than like the the this than like yeah no yeah. I see what you're saying yeah 
I, I thought you explained that good. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. This will be on Spotify, by the way. It'll be on the KVRS yeah, po- po- podcast uh, Dude, did we, network did on you Spotify. Turn the last one? If you want to go, no. Okay. If you want to go check this out and listen to it again, and you're like, I don't understand what they're talking about right now, but I'm interested. Yeah, you just read Notebook 25. I'm not really. What is Notebook 25? Oh, this the theory. It's Gramsci's. this is Gramsci's work that explains what the subaltern groups are. is called Notebook 25. So mm. if you want to look up Notebook 25 by Gramsci, then you can mm. get the direct source of what we're talking about. Okay, but uh, and all right. So that's the. I mean, that's the base. I mean, this this notion of subaltern is not that complicated. I don't feel like it's that complicated. No, it's just a yeah. No, it's just a group. It's it's the same concept of Marx's idea of like oppressed based on class. But it's widening the scope. Yeah. But, but but now this is important for Gramsci because then he, he works off the base superstructure premise just like Marx. And so the, the superstructure for Marx is just like civil society, right? Mm-hmm. You know, civil, civil society. Exa- yeah. Examples like school. Church. Church, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But also Marx thinks this is a place that's just entirely competitive and also disgusting, right? That's disgusting. And we should, we should also – we should compare it. Like, what is civil? What is the opposite of civil society? Oh no, we're not there yet. Well, okay, yeah, sure. I just think it's useful to like understand what civil society is. Oh yeah, it's like, useful to like know what oh, the contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't getting it. So, well, I'm just explaining the superstructure. I'm, right, I'm, right. Go I'm ahead. Getting out of it. Go ahead. So then the, the so that that's that right. These are the superstructure is where ideology would exist. Like that's where civil society is, and then the base is where the means of like where the pe- like where the means of productions are. The, the raw materials, the people, the the work, the laborers, and stuff like that. Right. The the economic, the basis, the the yeah. economic structure. These are these. So just like church and school was an example. This is this is also existent within the civil society. Yeah. yeah. But the base is the economic stuff that's happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, and to be clear, he's not an economic determinist. These things sustain each other. What does it mean to be an economic determinist? Uh, whereas you just like think like. Oh, thought, oh, no, no, you're I good. I thought you was messing with something. What was no, no, that? I was just turning to mic, oh. mic levels. Well, up we a just bit. think like this, this, this notion that like, uh, if you just like examine the the economics of the matter, you could explain everything. But it, Marx would say like, no, 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 like the this the, this the civil society is important where this ideology is taking place because it's sustaining the base, and the base yeah. is sustaining the ideology. Okay, and the civil society, right? Yeah, the, the superstructure. Yeah, I should say. And Gramsci says, yeah, that's right, but also we got to expand this. Mm-hmm. Right, and then he adds, he spans the this this superstructure to political society, no, um, yeah, yeah, and civil. Society. That is so. So the political society is the contrast to civil society. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he expands that, and he and says, what is political society? It's just the course of apparatus. So government, military. <laughs> okay, I thought you were just gonna leave it at course of apparatus. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> uh, military, police, um, the sort of like formal structure, Supreme Court. Yeah, the formal structures yeah. that you think of when you think of like yeah, and you're forced like you're kind of obligated to be part of these like you don't have a choice. Yeah, like you, I mean, you have a choice in so much as you can leave. Yeah, but like you don't have a choice, like you're subjected to the like you don't have a choice to be subjected to the police or not. Yeah, and and, it, and well, okay. In we should just clarify this yeah. is in this society. Yeah, because like, in some sense, I'm sure you can imagine a society in which. Well, maybe not. Oh, possible world. Well, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Mm-hmm. We should clarify that only the the subaltern groups are subjected to these. Because you could argue that like the upper class is not subjected to the Supreme Court. Or the Supreme Court's not anything. But the court systems. Because sometimes you can pay off the judge. You know, you see what I'm saying? You there? can. But yeah, but like there's still forms. Like they're still, they're, they're, they're still directly or indirectly fact affected by the court system right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it's also like it's like the notion is like when i mean like course like you're obligated like you're we're obligated to participate like this government struck like this government form this lockean like a lockean liberal democracy we live under like we're obligated to participate in this structure we have yeah. no choice and then there's course of things that maintain us participating in this structure Those, the, i just i still think it's just the subaltern groups are or have the more forced participation. Yeah. Not the not the upper level. Well, that's true. That's true. But also, th- that yeah, the bourgeois. Yeah, like yeah. You're. I guess you're right. Because they that. can leave the system. Yeah. And it's a lot easier for them to leave the system. Okay. Well, like, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Now I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. 
and or they can circumvent the system. Yeah. The political society. Yeah. In particular. And then for Gramsci, civil society is just the volunteer, the not just this place where people compete and it, and it's like like a super competitive or whatever. It's like this the the voluntary. Your churches, you know, you can choose what church you go to. You yeah, can choose yeah. what this you, is going back to civil society. Yeah, yeah, you can choose what like union you want to participate in. You can choose what school you want to go to. Yeah, like you're not like obligate. Like, that obligate. part is voluntary. Yeah, yeah. And this is important because he adds this notion of a uh, cultural hegemony, mm-hmm. and this is just a notion that so hegemony you got to have cultural so struggle there. But but you're good, you're good. okay, so like culture. So cultural hegemony is important for civil society. Like it's um for the ruling class to have control over the society. Um it, they can't just have the political society, this course of apparatus, they have to have this hegemony, right? And it's like this um manufactured consent, right? It, these 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 uh form these things that you participate in the voluntary society, like have forms of ideology or whatever that Manufacture your consent to agree with, agree to, to participate in the system. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, this is. I don't know what you felt like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. rough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so but the cultural hegemony is important. So like like I said, you got to have this um this hegemony through um this manufactured consent through. Um, civil society, and this is important for subalterns because, for them to have con- consent, they have to have some, some, some form of the subaltern groups to consent to this, right? You have to have that because if you don't, then you're right. This is like Hegel's idea of of identity, or or uh, of self recognition, in a sense. Like I you can see to, how it relates. In order to have the the oppression, you have to have the oppressed there. Yeah. And that, yeah, the, and yeah, for Gramsci, and there has to be some 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 sort of word of consent to participate. Some yeah, manufactured consent. And then, I mean, this maybe it's kind of straightforward. And I guess, well, I mean, I guess, I guess all this is really not that hard. I guess that's kind of straightforward. I don't feel like, unless you think I explained that bad. You know how? I don't know. I don't know, listener. If you're confused right you now, you know how I do these things. I talk to you too much where I don't have to explain things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're we're probably gonna go to break here in a minute, anyways. Yeah, and then I. I can touch on the colonization real quick aspect, and okay. then we can move on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. If you do have any questions about this subaltern theory of Gramsci, um, you can call us at 512-495-5879. That's 512-495-5879. If you have any questions about Gramsci's subaltern theory, or if you want us Just to... call in. Yeah, if you want us to talk about anything... Just call. That's not on air. Oh, that, it, 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 it oh really? It wasn't loud enough. Oh. Here, let me turn your mic all the way up. Now say it. Just call it. Just call it. No, nope, still can't hear it. Oh. Anyways, um, yeah, feel free to call us, and we'll answer your questions. Uh, next up. Sea gonna... Bear. Wait, is she listening? What? <laughs> is... Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Anyways. That was random. I'm sorry. That was random. Anyways, uh, we're going to head to break real quick, and then when we come back, we're going to touch on, what was it? Colonization? Yeah why this is like how like how this these these ideas affect colonization right or this, how they're how they're relevant to colonization yeah how the, the subaltern idea and the how, superstructure and the yeah how subaltern hegemony and all this is important to to colonization yeah. over so we're gonna wrap that paper up and then we'll be back or, or then we're gonna move on sorry we'll be back and we're gonna talk about a uh, logical nihilism Dude. and what it means for monism to apply the principle of generality and possibly fall into nihilism, where there's no laws. Liftoff. I know we you have like. a liftoff. That's right. We'll, we'll explain it all when we get back.
Salut, c'est Deck du groupe Phoenix. Uh, you're listening to KVRX Austin and HD1 and HD number 2. Support comes from Texas Athletics. For all full-time UT students, this is your single ticket access to all of our events. Yes, all of them. That's over 120 home regular season events a year. For more information, you can visit texassports.com slash big ticket. Once again, that's texassports.com slash big ticket. At KVRX, we love music and we love Austin. That's why we play local bands, so call in to hear your favorites at 495-KVRX. Local independent music at 91.7 KVRX Austin. Welcome to KVRX 91.7. This is DJ DeMorgans. DJ <laughs> Slicky 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 Geist. Okay. Okay. Dude, I'm on one day, dude. I drank a lot of milk and I'm not feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling good, bro. <laughs> but like a like a baby come pat my back <laughs> no i'm good i'm good uh, um okay are you good are you are you good no man i'm on one dude i'm kind of panicked about school right now why i talked to melissa today oh really what about uh the same stuff how'd it go um the same fair enough so nothing yeah. Okay. Well, um, how'd your Italian final go yesterday? <laughs> uh, Bomb did hard. <laughs> That's tough. It's whatever. They don't really care about. Let me tell you, y'all know what it's like. I'll get back to the paper. Don't worry, guys. It doesn't. Really well, by, by the way, for those of you that just tuned in uh, before the break, um, what or sorry, after the break, what you heard was Rocket Science by Elena. Elena. Yeah, that stuff. E L E N N E. Why are you, dude? <laughs> why are you hating on my playlist? All right, you put this together. Yeah. I'm just playing. Anyways, I'm sorry. That was that, and then now you're <laughs> you hearing <don't>... floss. <gasps> Can you listen for one second? <laughs> now my ADHD's kicking in. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what I was talking about anymore. Talking about her all. <laughs> no, literally. Um. Yeah, this is philosophy. We think with DJ DeMorgan and DJ Geist, we talk about philosophy. First, we're covering more professional. Yeah, first we're talking about Gramsci's subaltern groups, and then we're gonna move on to logical nihilism here in a minute. Yeah. So let's wrap up subaltern groups. Okay, okay, okay. So should I just? Yeah, I will. Definitely. I mean, Lisa, I know, I know what I'm talking about, but like, I don't know if I. Anyways, but like. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so why so. Go on. Okay, I was just confused. Um, so th- this theory of like the um subalt or this really theory of hegemony is important to um this notion of well yeah this this notion of hegemony is important to colonization for a couple. Of, the main reason is so when you know like <laughs> what? Sorry, I don't know. I don't know. I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah, dude, I'm struggling, dude. I just prepped. <laughs> I just took a nap. <laughs> hey, you know what they say, man. Dude, I wrote you... this like a couple semesters ago. Yeah, this is funny. We just pick like whatever you were writing. I know, I like wrote this from two. 
Dude, Go on. Wait, it's not my best. Well, it is my best favorite. There's just one point where I forgot to add a sentence, and I put I kept add sentence. Oh yeah, that was amazing. You you were like two pages in, and you just had a spot in the final draft where you said add sentence. <laughs> it's because there was a quote there. Um, all right, so so what happens is you know countries. Uh, I was looking at these examples in um. Uh, these uh the, in Africa about colonization. Was it Africa? Yeah, it was Africa. And. Some would say, like, Fannin, dude, you're a problem. But honestly, I'm the problem? Yeah, dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah, So, So this is a... Um... Yep. Who's the problem? <laughs> I'm the problem. Did you like that? Did you like that? <laughs> Did you like that? Yeah, it was funny, though. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> I just stopped. <laughs> This is not good. Should we just move on to logical nihilism? Yes. No. Yeah. I'm not prepped. I can do this. Okay. I don't really like talking about my own stuff. Just just give a wrap up about why this cultural hegemony in Gramsci's okay, I mean, I theory of so subalterns like, relates so to colonial. Prince Guy, Prince Fanning. All right. So this notion when you look at colonial societies that you would say, well, there's some form of hegemony. That's there. There's um some. What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, not him. There's, 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 there's domination. Dawson, that's based. Um, there's. Oh, that's not based. What did I say? That. For? What are you trying to say? Oh, there's domination. Okay. Anyone would say there's okay. domination okay. without hegemony. And some of the, and uh, some of these authors I was reading the paper say, well, no, there's some form of hegemony taking place. Hegemony taking place, but um, not in like I guess like this big picture form. Like it's okay. not. It's not like widespread as maybe some would think. Like, the, the the idea is maybe you only need some form of mi- minimum hegemony, hegemony to take place in colonial society to have, for for the ruling class to be successful, and this is what happens. And so, so cultural hegemony is important because in these in, in these colonial societies, all these a lot of thing a lot of these things are imported to these countries. So, um, unions and um, how their unions are structured, how their schools and stuff are structured. Um, right. Stuff on like. The nation state theory, all these forms are like, yeah. all these things are imported to the society. And then what, what hap- is the nation state theory? It's <laughs> not relevant. It's just like, I was, just, I was just, some people were asking. No. Yeah, no I actually way. got three callers. No, it's not relevant. It, but it's just, okay, anyways. this We live in a nation state. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Anyways, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so mad? I don't know. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm falling apart. I got Thomas left, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. We can move on. I don't really. Okay. Care. Let's. Let's. I give up, dude. Honestly, I'm ready. I'm just really hungry. I drank a lot of milk. <laughs> we should clarify that he drank all this milk because he ate one piece of jalapeno. Yeah, and, and now I'm just constantly sweating. Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> ever since I ate the jalapeno, I've just been sweating. Fair. Yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you. All right, we're going to move on this to logical. This show is terrible. It's not bad. I did bad. Okay, you're good. You're good. Yeah. We're going to move on to logical nihilism. I'm not going to lie. We only got 20 minutes left, so I don't know how much of this we're going to get to. We don't have to go. We can just bull crap. This is what I find. Feel, that, oh, yeah, we can't say that either. Um, no, we're not you, talking about that. I mean, we could if you wanted to. Oh, don't don't Mike. The I didn't read Theory of Justice. I just read Justice is Fairness. Did we? Bro, did you actually read that? Yeah. We never got to it though. Yeah, I kind of. I I don't remember any of it. Oh, same. Okay, based. But. Nope. Too so late. Never mind. All right. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, test that mic out. See if it's you. Hello, hello. No, nope. Nope. Now go. Hello, hello, hello. There we go. Okay, yeah, Wait, yeah. Do it again. Yeah. Hello. Hello. All right. So hello. I'm gonna introduce John Rawls' the theory of justice. Um, and in this uh, in this work. He sets out to use the social contract model of Hobbes and Locke to develop a theory of justice that uh, 
rivals that of utilitarianism and okay. intuitionism. And so... Can we just briefly explain what Locke and Hobbes... <laughs> idea of social contract yeah so in the social contract for locks lock and hobbes um there's this thing called the state of nature which is before um any governmental power any like society is formed people are like ultimately free Mm -hmm. and they're free to do whatever they want they have they can take anything they want from anyone there's like no consequences to their actions basically from a from a common power (laughs) um and so that's hard yeah hobbs and Locke basically argue that people need to come together to to agree (laughs) guys chill dude i'm on one i'm falling apart (laughs) go on sorry um they basically argue that the kind of freedom that people have in the state of nature is limiting and that people need to come together to create a social contract and determine how a society should be governed. Right. So Rawls finds that this model should be used um, in order to determine principles of justice for a society. So he basically says that, um, well, he, he defines a well-ordered society yep. and says that most societies are not well-ordered. So basic, there's two features to a well-ordered society is that everyone ac- accepts and knows that others accept the same principles of justice yep. and all the basic institutions in society generally satisfy those principles. And so he says that uh, most societies are not well ordered because everyone in that society, in each society has different conceptions of justice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they all recognize the need for a set of principles to determine, you know, how society should be run justly. Um, so he uses the social contract model to say, it's like a hypothetical it's like a thought experiment right, basically right, right. so he says that people come together in the uh, what he calls the original position mm-hmm. um and undergo what he calls the veil of ignorance which is the hypothetical device it's the thought experiment where people basically just forget um well they don't know what part of society what social status they have in yeah. society this is like before the society is formed yeah well in a, in a, yeah, in, in a sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, in a sense, but it's not real because he doesn't expect that this is going to happen. Yeah, because like, societies like, already exist. Yeah, yeah. so um, he's like interested in developing a theory of justice that considers the fact that people are concerned with their own interests, but he wants to neutralize this by making everyone equal in the initial position. Mm-hmm. So he does this by the veil of ignorance so people are aware that they're in there there are inequalities in society but they're unaware of what social position that they're born into that's going to be in terms of like race class etc and even their own conception of like what is good or bad um that way no one's able to propose principles that favor their own particular social conditions i don't really agree with this but you know Um, so therefore the principles that are chosen are those that are, um, that he said rational people would see as a benefit to everyone. Right. Right. Um, and so he calls this since they're all, since the principles that are chosen are, um, chosen in an initial, initial position of equality. Yeah. That's why he calls it justice. The theory of justice that he presents justice is fairness. Because you don't, you don't know, like you could be uh just like the complete uh, like butt end of the society where you have like you're you know you have zero income or 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 whatever to, you know i don't want to equate that with income but you good yeah dude anyways sea bear's hyping me up oh, okay no no she's actually not she tore me down <laughs> yeah no, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> anyway um yeah cuz you be don't a trio or can, can I please yeah, finish yeah, my yeah, statement? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so you don't know if you're going to be in the the worst position in society or the best position. And so, therefore, you, given that you have a 50-50 likelihood of being in either spot, mm-hmm. then Rawls says that you would account for both of these positions exactly. and come to the most fair conclusion. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, if you're like, just in case I end up being born poor – I want to make sure that I'm still good. Right. You know, that I'm like taken care of or uh-huh. that, that, so, I, that yeah. I feel treated fairly. Because if you know you're going to be 
born into a rich family, then you can say, I'm going to tax, you know, well, I'm going to yeah, have yeah. no taxes for rich people. Right, right, and, right. You know, something like that. Dude, I, I hate that part of Ross. I know, me too. This I think it's really that you, dumb. Like, um, no one would know their social position. That's just, like, how and, would you prevent that? That's just, like, you would And be we were talking about aware. this earlier. He calls these, like, he calls the, uh, these like uh factors of social stat related to social status like your race class or whatever he calls them morally arbitrary facts about yourself yeah so this was interesting okay this so- is what i was trying to understand earlier and finley was no help on the map <laughs> no i remember so i kind of remember this when i read it and it's very interesting to me rawls kind of expands the concept of arbitrary in in yeah. the in the mm. sort of like sense that we usually think of what arbitrary means like arbitrary we usually think of like I don't know, some uh, some guy, like, walks up to, you know, me on the street, and he's like, I'm going to give you, like, $1,000. And I'm like, why? And he's like, ah, no reason. That's sort of, like, arbitrary. Like, he just picked me out, picked something, something completely random. But, like, Rawls kind of expands this concept to things like, uh, like your intelligence or your athletic ability or... What you think is good. Yeah, what you think is good. Because it's arbitrary in the sense that the society that you're in shaped it and you 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 could have had it a different way it could have just as well been a different way if you were born into a different position so like let's say that i'm like extremely rich and i'm born into a rich family and i believe that like like you were saying earlier like zero taxes for rich people is good rawls says that this sort of like belief that i have is completely arbitrary in the sense that if I was born into a poor position, I probably wouldn't believe that. And so mm. in the sense that there is contrast, I mean, am I, am I characterizing this right? I think so. I mean, I didn't see whenever he said morally arbitrary, I was like, I don't understand that. And I immediately was like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I think he's just trying to make these positions say, listen, we need to make these positions. Now, is he trying to say we need to make these positions not matter for a just society? Is that no, 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 no. Or is he like, um, he no. said, no, but in the decision making for what is to be considered just and unjust, like in the district, like oh, in the so di- like ignore in, them, in, nor these things in the, for in the, the basic in like, uh, institutions and in society. I think, yeah, I think we can think of, I think we can think of anything behind the veil of ignorance. When you don't know your position of society in society, I think that's what Rawls would consider to be arbitrary, regardless of whether it's your rich or whether it's your, like your moral, well, maybe you would know like what you believe is good and bad. Maybe not. I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting question. But like what no, he says could, it he says it explicitly. Really? Yeah. I just don't know how you would not know your social position and how he would go. No, about, it's just a thought experiment. He's I saying know, that's why and that's why analytical like analytical saucy host notion of thought experience just suck because they're just like. The, yeah, I know. But let's say let's say like you were going to a pre-planned like okay um I, I mean yeah i know it's it's not practical but like we can imagine like mars like there's a colony on mars and like there's like 500 participants that are going okay and they're going on this trip and they're all going to live on mars and the the sort of like wealth distribution of the society is already determined but the rules aren't mm. like you get what i'm saying so like it's like then you're it's all a, asked to vote, right? You're all asked like, where do you stand on this? Like, what do you think is the most just? And they're like, well, which am I going to be? Am I going to be like, am I going to be rich? Am I going to be poor? Am I going to think that? And they're like, no, 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 you you don't get to know that. You just have to go to Mars. You're going to end up in one of these positions. Which one do you want to like now make the rules based on that, knowing that you could end up in this position or this position? Mm. I mean, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And then I I don't think that's the value of his work. I think the value is what you can derive from a thought experiment because he derives two principles. Like I, th- I think I think it's two, right? It is two. Yeah, he derives two principles, and and that comes from the thought experiment. So the thought experiment isn't the thing that he's trying to give value to. He's trying to use the the thought experiment as a vehicle. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I understand that. But yeah. I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a thought experiment. It's just a thought experiment that he uses to get at what he wants to get at. Which, in that sense, makes it valuable. Yeah, and so he's basically, he's doing this to argue against uh, classical utilitarianism and intuitionism, and that's basically what my essay was. Yeah, which if you're interested in utilitarianism, go listen to our last podcast. 
No, we it was not recorded. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry. Like, Unfortunately for y'all. Um, but it was a fine. She always like her papers are fine. I don't know why she's always like ah. It was a fine paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you have Did you have more on that? Um. I mean, so. Oh, I guess like the common objections to yeah. to his argument is that since it's going to it's going to be a hypothetical situation like the the original position that unlike the social contract um of Hobbes and Locke where it's like a concrete right like state that you Yeah, want. it's like a concrete decision we're making about how government is going to be um structured and whatever whatever um the like the principles decided on in the original position it's all hypothetical um and so there's no reason to believe that they're binding that anyone actually has to like right 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 you yeah, know, yeah i see what you're saying yeah to stick with them but i don't know i'm trying to no no you're figure good. out myself how to, de- <laughs> how oh, to develop right, right. that you're objection trying to, like, you're trying to like write your paper yeah, yeah i know i know what you mean um yeah, like the best objection against against Rawls, I would say, is probably just that it's like unrealistic. Yeah. Like yeah. what? I mean, it's like extremely unrealistic. Yeah. Um. And also the idea that like by making everyone unaware of how they're gonna be born into, because he he basically says that like if the basic structure of society is going to elicit um. Or, like, make possible that everyone can move between social classes, dis- um, you know, despite what they're born into. Right. Then it doesn't really matter if there's inequality. If it only- It's, like, it's basically an argument for America, in my opinion. Because, like... Was he American it- or was he British? He's, he's American. Um, okay. Yeah. Because it's, like, as long as we can funnel as much money into the country as possible, the least well-off is going to still be better. You know what I mean? Right. You know, in theory. Right, right, right. So... And that's what he's basically arguing for. So he's saying, like, under the veil of ignorance, if you're going to look at, like, three different societies, you're going to pick the one where the least well-off is still, like, the best well-off out of those three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see what – I don't know if I agree with it. Yeah, but, I like, don't I see, really agree with it. I see but... where it is. Maybe there's an interesting counter-argument to be made about justice being context-sensitive. So you can't really decide what's just without knowing these social positions. So this veil of ignorance actually provides a block. You get, you see what I'm getting at? I don't know yeah. if it's a good counter argument, but. Well, that's kind of what he's, that's kind of, it's like almost what he's arguing against for intuitionism because like with the principles that end up, uh, that he's arguing that people will decide on, um, they have to be in priority order because un- he's arguing against intuitionism, which when the principle, which when the plurality of principles in intuitionism contradict each other, mm. each individual person is to decide with their intuition which principles should be applied in that situation. So it can, depending on who's making the decision on which principles should be applied, you might get a different right. you know, outcome. And that's right. what he wanted to avoid. But I also don't think that's very realistic either. Yeah. Or like, why would anyone or like, how do you know that it'll be universally agreed upon that the first principle should be first and the second principle should be second? I don't know. Yeah, I get it. Um, Okay, we got like five minutes, seven minutes left here. Do you all want to fade out? We'll cover logical nihilism next time. Sounds good. Yeah. Are you good? Yeah. What's wrong? No, this week's been rough. Yeah, I know. It's a Colin needs a forehead kiss. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Come here, I'll give it to you. You guys are a problem. Okay. All right, y'all. We appreciate y'all tuning in to Philosophy, we think. Uh, we don't really know when we'll be on next semester, but we'll definitely be on next semester. Yeah. These will always, what? No, oh, we'll be definitely be on next semester. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, Structure be a little bit different. We'll probably be covering things we're doing at the time instead of like yeah. So this is uh, what's up. The shows we were doing are kind of like added a lot to our yeah. They did, but also in the sense we didn't. I didn't have any philosophy that I was doing this semester. That's true. And your philosophy wasn't like totally. It was just yeah. It was just philosophy of biology, right? Philosophy of biology and race and gender. Oh right, right. Philosophy of race and gender. Them class. Her classes were kind of chill. It was just so yeah. Dumb paper. Yeah. Anyways, but either way, next semester 
DJ DeMorgans and DJ Geist. Or I, DJ DeMorgans and DJ Geist, will be doing our thesis. You'll be DJ Geist. We're going to switch names? Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to be doing our honors thesis for the philosophy department. So we'll be reading a lot ourselves, and we'll probably just discuss those works. Yeah, that or whatever we're doing in the honors class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're also taking a 375M seminar. Um, so... All right, guys, we appreciate y'all tuning in this semester. This will be up on the Spotify network, uh, KVRX podcast. Um, And we'll see y'all next semester. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Peace. All right, peace. I'm going to commit metaphysical suicide. I'm